0: If April showers bring May flowers, what does June bring? I got to thinking about that today. Welcome to the June Home Run Club. So I'm going to go back to my childhood. June bugs, baby. June bugs. If you don't know what that is, there was a certain bug down in South Carolina that always seemed to come out in the month of June. So I hope it's not bugs in your life. I hope you are experiencing this year. Uh, God's goodness as we continue to turn the corner as a society related to this whole COVID experience. And I hope as we get into the month of June you'll be able to spend some time together as a family enjoying each other. One of the things that happened for me during this time was I did share a Good Friday message, which is what you're going to be hearing today. But in that message I talked about the importance of making sure we don't live down in the muck of this earth. Conversations. uh, Getting into fights with people over silly things that don't really matter. And I want to talk about that. I call it the 30,000 foot view. Getting up And looking at your life, looking at the scenarios around you, and realizing God's been good to me. And I know today that though many of us have faced tough times in our life, maybe even in our family, we have been blessed people. And I want to remind you at 30,000 feet, you see God's blessings way better. And you don't get caught up in what I call the muck of this earth. So as you listen today, I pray your spirit will be lifted and encouraged. And maybe you're having a muck day. I hope this takes you back up where you zoom a little higher and you realize God's goodness to you. So here we go. Listen to this thought, helping you live more at the 30,000-foot level as we look back at a Good Friday service where I talked about what Christ did for us. Well, what an honor and a privilege for me to be able to share on this Good Friday, uh, a day that we have traditionally over the years in the Christian church honored the day that Christ gave his life for us. Um, A day that today I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm going to relate to the time that we're in. I'm going to ask you to look at your own heart and your own soul with a new appreciation of what this day Represents. We call it Good Friday. I always find that interesting. It wasn't a good day for Jesus. It was a day that humanity probably suffered the greatest torture of an individual in the history of our world. And I'll talk about that a little bit today. But in the church, anytime God does something good, that day gets referred to as a good day. And that's why this is Good Friday. There are other goods throughout church history. This is just the main one because it represents what Christ did for us. And I'm going to do something today. I'm going to invite you uh, right here at the very beginning of the service just to take a moment and to elevate to a 30,000 foot view. That's going to be my challenge. I'm going to make you think critically today. I want you to leave down in the little way we normally think about stuff. You know, I drove my car over here today. You've been working on stuff. You've paused here to watch this service online. You've been worshiping with Ken and the team. And And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pull you away from that little, I'm going to call it the 500, the 1,000-foot view. And I'm going to bring you up to 30,000 feet. And we're going to visit back in the day that Jesus was going through what he went through in this day in history. And then we're going to bring it up to our day. We're going to move up from the 500-foot view that you have in this quarantine. And we're going to rise up to the 30,000-foot view. And we're going to look at what is God may be saying to us through this. So let's start with the 500-foot view that we talk about when we come to Good Friday. I took my Bible this week, and I've been telling you that I go to this little stool that I like to sit on in my office, and I have read Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 39. I've read that passage along with Luke 23 a lot this week. In fact, we are quarantined. You got some Bible reading time. I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 39, and then chapter 23. And I'm going to tell you, I want you to read that a lot. Because it's what we're in the middle of celebrating as we come into Easter. And yet it also, I believe, is very relevant to the time we're in right now. It starts like this. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you won't fall into temptation. So let's just get this picture right away, the 500-foot view, okay? 500-foot view, Jesus is with his disciples. He knows what's about to happen to him. He doesn't know every gory detail, but he knows what's coming. And the Bible says there in the garden, uh, he sweat... Drops of blood. Medically, that's called hematidrosis. That's the name of it. If you're a medical doctor, I'm probably not saying it absolutely perfect, but it's close. Hematidrosis is when you're under such stress that the capillaries in your body they begin to burst, and literally blood comes out your pores. Jesus was praying, and under such stress in his body, his 500 foot view. Okay, he is literally sweating drops of blood because of the stress he's facing in his life. Now watch this. I'm going to zoom up to 30,000 feet just for a second because I want you to see this. What's God doing on this day? Down here at 500 feet, it looks like a mess. It looks like chaos. Jesus is sweating drops of blood. A few minutes later, Jesus will go to a place where he's going to be betrayed and He's going to be beat with 39 lashes. They picked 39 because they were supposed to give 40, the Jewish law, and they would do 39 just to make sure they didn't break the law. So Jesus is punished down here at this view. This is chaotic. This is painful. This hurts. Look at this. But up at 30,000 feet, God is saving the world. Down here, chaos. Up here, power and strength. I don't want you to miss that. If we had been in the scene of Jesus there in the garden, if we had walked with him as he went up that lonely hill, they stick that 100-pound weight on his shoulders, he's bleeding, his back is strips. We don't like to think about it and talk about it because it's gory, but his back would have been burst open with those 39 lashes, a ball, a steel ball with leather tied to it, ripped his skin open, then stick a coat on him, then rip the coat off. You've had you've had cuts on your body, and after they've healed and you begin to take that stuff off, man, you can you can hurt. Plots of blood on his back, they rip that coat off. They stick a hundred-pound bar on his back, he carries it for a while. Can you imagine if cell phones had been available in that day? Can you imagine the text that would have gone out if you would have been in that scene? You guys got to be here. You can't believe it. They've got him. He's, he's dying. And, and look look what's happening. They're going to re- release Barabbas. This is the guy who is a murderer. Check this out. He's going free. Look, there's the picture of him leaving. If we had our cell phones, I can't imagine what would have gone out to the world. And here's what I would tell you. The world would read it and go, news. Chaos. Jesus is going down. 30,000 foot view. God is saving the world. It's so easy. So easy to get caught up in the chaos. I wrote down some of the words that came to my mind when I think about Good Friday. They're there these words. Uncertainty. You remember that scene in uh, The Passion of the Christ, that moment where Mary is down a little alleyway? She's just down the alleyway, and she sees Jesus. He's coming now down the road, and he's got the cross on his back, the, the bar on his back, and he's walking. And there's a moment where Jesus turns, and he looks It is mom down the alleyway. Hey, I just want to ask, I'm going to call out to all moms for a second. (laughs) You moms who have been quarantined there with your children for a while, okay? What mother could stand in that alley, look at her son, and not just have a heart that's breaking beyond control? In fact, if you've seen the movie, there's a flashback moment. Mary's mind, she sees Jesus with the cross on his back. She knows what this means. She's uncertain of how it's all gonna work out. And she has this flashback moment where she goes back and she sees and remembers a moment in her mind. In fact, the scene's about 45 seconds in the movie. Goes back, Jesus is a little boy running and he falls. And she runs and grabs him, and she picks him up, and she holds him, and she cuddles him, and she takes care of him. And she can't do that now. He's a grown man. And the uncertainty of that moment to me for that mom would have been unbelievable. It's my boy. It's the same little boy I ran to get. And and I want y'all to see 30,000 foot view. Now, get this picture. He's running to save her. I, I get chills. He's running to save his mom to a hill called Calvary. And in the middle of chaos in her soul, I wonder if Mary had a supernatural strength of going, This is what he's been telling me. This is what his life was about. Moms, they just have that inner thought. But the uncertainty in Mary that day would have been painful. I wrote down the things that people felt that day. Stress, pain, anxiety. If you were one of Jesus' disciples... (laughs) If you've been hanging out with him, y'all get it, the 500-foot view, there's not many people get what's going on. You understand that, right? If we all had our cell phones back in the day, the 12 of us, the 20 of us, would be texting our friends, going, He really is the Savior. This really is the deal. The religious leaders would have been texting, We got him. We got him. And up here at 30,000 feet, we have the ability, because it's 2,000 years later, we know what happened. God was up to something. And the people down there didn't see it. Oh, maybe 25 of them. But the people didn't see what God was doing because the chaos was too big. The words that I continued to write down, uh, loss, sure looked like we had loss that day, didn't it? I mean, this is Good Friday. This is the day Jesus died. If you don't know three days later, it's over. Betrayal. Lying. Accusation. That was the moment that we're talking about tonight. I seriously could tell you details of his death that would honestly be too gory for some of your kids to want to hear. It's crazy stuff that Jesus went through on that night for us. And I want to tell you, in that moment, at 30,000 feet, the angels in heaven were cheering. (laughs) They were clapping. Not because of the chaos, but because of what the chaos was doing for me and you. And today, I got to tell you, uh, I, in the day we live in 2020, And becoming more convinced that we need to boldly say the name of Jesus Christ today. And we need to boldly come to Jesus Christ today because he is the savior of the world. He turned chaos into salvation. He turned chaos into strength in our inner spirit. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to move from 2,000 years ago to 2020. Here's what I find interesting. You know all those words I just read to you? Can I read them again? Because it's what some of you have been feeling in your house. Some of you felt alone, uncertain, stress and pain, anxiety and loss, (laughs) betrayal, lying, accusation. If you've watched the news, that sums it up. And I want to look... It may be something God is doing in your life and in your house that correlates to this Good Friday. I'm gonna boldly suggest something to you today. I want to ask you to consider this. You get to do your own critical thinking, but it's interesting to me. I've talked to two of my medical doctor friends, one in Detroit on the front lines this week, literally 169 COVID patients in his hospital. Every bed, a COVID patient. And he said to me the other night, and he did not say this to try to draw attention to this. He did not know I was preaching today, knew nothing about this stuff. He said to me, I think this thing is going to turn Thursday night. I also want you to notice, watching our own news headlines, the things we hear is this will be the biggest week of death we've seen in our country from this crisis this week. To me, to me, I can only speak for myself. God is from heaven saying to all of us, there's some correlation here. This is the night our Lord and Savior died. And I believe in the days ahead, we're going to see a resurrection. And I believe it relates. And God is saying to us, look around you. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. Some of you have been in your homes. Let me suggest something to you. I, I want to I challenge you to consider this. Haven't you had some good time with your family that if it hadn't have been for this moment, you would not have got I mean, seriously, what would have it taken for our world to slow down some of the stuff we do? Every kid playing ball on Saturdays at travel teams here, going there, et cetera. Life, you pick it. Some of you working like crazy. You've had a a pause in your life. A button has been pushed, not by your choosing, by something way greater than us to say, look at your life, man. Are you living down in the chaos at 500 feet like all the people were doing back in that day? They were missing the Savior. The world is walking by, but I didn't see him. I'm too busy in my chaos. And I want to invite you to, instead of seeing what might feel like chaos, the loss of a job. Struggling because you got all the kids at home all the time. Fair enough. I said to somebody the other day, kind of glad my kids are out of the house. But I got to tell you, my wife and I were talking. I missed some of the things I think I'd be doing with my kids right now. Seize These moments. Don't get mucked up by the 500 foot view. Get up here and say, God, what are you doing in my life? God, are you calling me to spend more time with you? Are you challenging me on this Good Friday to see the correlation in our world that though there is death and though there is chaos, there is a resurrection coming. I believe it. And I believe we're going to see it. And I believe we all can look and say, God is teaching us something. And I call you out today to get up to the 30,000 foot view and say, God, what are you wanting to do in my life? Like make this time personal. Somebody who's got your laptop on or looking on your phone and you don't really do a lot with church. Maybe you're just overhearing somebody else watching this today. Listen up for a second. Is maybe God... Wanting to just get our attention and call us back to worship of him. I ask you to consider it. It's happened for me. I got to tell you, um, I'll be honest with you and tell you, I was built for these kind of times. I don't live in anxiety through this. I've been put on this earth, I believe, to teach and to preach the word of God. And this is the opportunity and I want to seize it. But I got to tell you, even when I have my moments, when I feel the chaos, because it's called life, we all feel it. When I have those moments, I just, I get right to my Bible, baby. I get right in there and I start reading and you know what happens? I just get solid. I just go, mm-hmm. And I want to call you to that 30,000 foot view today where you do some things different because of this. You look at your life. You look at all you're going through. And I pause right now and say to those of you who are without a job, this is not easy. To not acknowledge that would be foolishness. I'm so thankful there are some systems that are being put in place to provide something for you. You certainly are watching a church right now who literally when I pulled in the parking lot, there were lines that offered opportunity. You could pull in a certain place and you can get help. Please call us. That's why we're here. We want to assist you. But let me tell you, far greater than the food and the manna of this earth, we want to tell you about a heavenly father who provides for his children in this time. And I invite you into that place. I want to give you three little steps the Lord just kind of put on my heart and my mind um, that I believe you can use in your life to move from chaos to strength, from the 500,000-foot view to the 30,000-foot view. Here's the first one. Listen to this thought. I want you to put time into God's Word. You really, really don't have a good excuse right now. Normally you can go, well, damn, I'm just so busy. Uh, Not so much. And I want to invite you, put time into God's word. And let me tell you, this is what I think will happen. It will start with discipline and it will move to delight. When you first start doing it, you might go, man, this is kind of humdrum. Yeah, I, don't, I have that. I, I don't pick up my Bible every time and go, whoo. No, there are times I just do it because I know it's the right thing to do, because I know it's where it gets solid, because I know it's the thing that will last, because I know when the chaos is crazy, that Bible is not. And I call you to spend some time in God's Word and watch it move from the discipline of it to the delight of doing it. You go do it, you'll find out what I'm saying. Secondly, be intentional. Do it on purpose. I intentionally get up and go to my prayer time and my listening time to God. Did it today. Did it before I come to preach this message. Because I want to be intentional about what I do for the Lord. Do it intentionally. So number one, go get in God's word. Go talk to him. Number two, do it on purpose. Do it intentionally. And number three, trust him. If you begin to trust God through this time, you're going to move into a place of strength. I'd love to tell you, there's this new formula I got. Nope, it's pretty much spend time with God and watch him turn your chaos into strength. And I don't know all your different scenarios. I know they're not perfect. I know that you're experiencing things you've never experienced before. And I would say to you, a lot of us are too. And I'm just inviting you into the place. (laughs) Maybe it's a good reminder. How did Jesus start his good Friday? In the garden. Maybe today, this is a challenge for you. Since our times to me so relate to the time of the good Friday. Feels like our Friday today. Same words in the chaos of our world. Flip on the news, you ought to be hearing these words. Uncertainty, anxiety, stress pain, loss, betrayal, and accusation. Stop turning there for your strength. Turn to God for your strength. This is a simple challenge, but I can promise you uh, it will be life-changing. It will make your life move from the 500 to the 30,000 foot view. And it's an invitation today. It's an invitation to consider Christ as your Savior. We're going to share a time of communion together. Let me explain that. We believe that the example Jesus set for us when he took communion with his disciples was something we're to follow. He even called us to do this in remembrance of him, what he did for us on this day in history, this Good Friday. Jesus, sitting at a table with his disciples, he took, he took bread. I have a cracker here with me. I invite you to take whatever you have at your house. Piece of bread, anything you have, cracker, uh, a, a cheese it whatever you have, just I invite you to take it. I want you to look at it in a second, and I want you for a moment to go, if this represents the body of Christ, which is what he said at the table with his disciples, if this represents his body, do you understand what his body went through that day? Like, like right now, some of us would need help because we're dealing with so much anxiety. Can you imagine if what happened to Jesus really happened to you? Not just the job loss, take it to a whole new level. That body was cracked and torn and broken and literally shredded. And today... We're going to eat this cracker, this piece of bread, this cheese, literally whatever you have in your hand. We're going to eat it in symbolism of the fact that Jesus broke his body for you. And he said, it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. And he said, but I'm willing to do it because I want to give you hope of eternal life. If you don't know Christ today, I'm going to invite you right now to know him as your Savior. Listen, I'm telling you from my heart right now, I'm just telling you, some of you today need to understand God's allowing us to go through this time maybe to save and to reach your soul, literally. Maybe for the first time you're listening going, I used to blow this stuff off, but I need to pay attention. Not because it's me. I'm a guest here today. I'm just here trying to proclaim the word of God. That's the thing the Lord's put in my heart. Say my name and say it bold. And so right now I'm boldly telling you, the God who broke this bread with his disciples 2,000 years ago, he died for you. And when you put this in your mouth and you eat it, I want you to understand he gives you the right to become his child, It's craziness. He said, I died for you. You say, but Dan, I don't deserve it. Me neither. But Dan, you you don't don't even know the stuff I've been doing in my house right now. I've been struggling with my family. I've been yelling. I've been cursing. I've I've actually abused. Yeah, seek help. But let me tell you, Jesus came for you too. All of us, broken, sinful, embarrassing how we live sometimes. And God said, "Yep, yeah, but you can partake of my son. I sent him for you. So as you take this and you eat it today, receive his salvation by saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. In fact, I invite all of you right there. Maybe one, maybe a thousand are watching right now. I invite you to say this. Jesus, thank you for giving your body for me. I ask you to forgive me of my brokenness and my sin. Receive me as your child. Please turn my chaos into strength. Get me up at 30,000 feet, Lord, so I can see what my life is about. I take this bread, receiving your salvation in your body you broke for me today, in Jesus' name. Eat your bread and be thankful. Then Jesus took the cup. The cup represented his blood. Take whatever you have there at your house. You said, "Dan, I've only got water." Take the water. I don't know why it's just becoming very personal for me. Uh, Some of you right now are, I'm not trying to make these tears up. I'm not trying to create something. I just sense that there's somebody right now. All you got is water. Jesus loves you, all right? He loves you the same as he does me. He shed his blood that day. Normally on a cross, um, when they would get run, we're done with the crucifixion, they would have to break the legs because one of the things crucifixion does is it, like COVID, it takes your respiratory system. You're not allowed to breathe. I didn't think of that till just now. Another correlation. And they didn't have to break Jesus' legs when they got to him. He'd already died. He shed his blood for us. They pierced his side and out came water and blood mixed together because his heart was broken and his blood was poured out for me and you. Receive it today. Man, oh man, get in on this, okay? Somebody who's still sitting over there on the stool, your wife's watching, your husband's watching, your, your heart's hard, get in on this, man. Jesus loves you. I invite you to take this drink representing his blood and as you drink it, you do so with thanksgiving that you have salvation. Good Friday is not chaos to you. It is strength to you. I invite you into that place. So take and drink whatever you have representative of his blood for you. Jesus, I thank you. I believe you've spoken to some hearts today, man. I sense in my own spirit you do something really cool. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would be remembered today. All across our world, I pray that we would be a people who turn from chaos to strength because we turn from this world to your heavenly world. Thank you for 30,000 feet where you provided salvation and hope. And today, Lord, we're going to believe that our days ahead are going to be resurrected. And we're going to proclaim the name of Jesus. We will not forget you. Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, as we recover as a nation, that the recovery would not be about just an economy. Recovery would not be just about overcoming a sickness. But the recovery would be because we begin to again proclaim the name of Jesus. Let us do it boldly. Let us do it faithfully. Call us all to new levels, God. Bring us to a new place. Because you love us. We commit this to you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Let's continue to worship. Thank you for listening. I trust that moment together, hearing what Christ did for us lifts your spirit and reminds you he soared high. And I want to encourage you, since he is our example, he is our Savior, I challenge you to do the same. At Winning at Home, our goal is to soar high for the Lord. We don't do it perfectly. Every now and then I feel like we fall out of the sky a little bit. But in life overall, I believe we have the reputation that we honor Jesus. And I certainly want that to be true for all of us, and I want that to be true for you too. Thank you for supporting us, for believing in what we do. Obviously this year I didn't get to see many of you at our golf outing that we uh, were not able to have just because of all we're going through as as a people, as a society. But I thank you for supporting us and for believing in what we do. And may the Lord be with you, and I hope you enjoy this month of June and these summer months that are coming as you celebrate your family together. Thanks again. God bless you for being a part of the Home Run Club.